I'm Grant, an engineering and technology leader who will share the secrets of IT with you. Listen up, because we're about to get into it. Hey there, it's been a while. I've been recovering from COVID as a lot of people have been doing these past couple of years. So thank you so much for uh, being patient as I worked through some things and recovered, and I'm just now starting to get back into my regular cadence of creating and producing podcasts. This is not the only podcast that I produce. Uh, I also read children's stories for my own kids on a separate podcast called Storytime with Dad. So both this podcast and that one have been uh, a little bit slow to to release and produce new episodes. Um, but now that I feel much better today, uh, I figured I would start producing some of these again on that typical monthly and sometimes every other week cadence. The topic for today is one that's near and dear to my heart. Basically, I got my dream job, but I hate it. Whatever your path was, whether you went to college and spent all of your time learning how to write software before you got your dream job as a software engineer, or whether you were a self-taught developer and got your dream job, whatever your path was doesn't really matter. The fact is you got your dream job, and once you actually got into it and started writing software, you realize you don't actually like doing that at all as a professional. There are a lot of reasons why a person may find themselves in this situation, and I recently got a message from somebody asking me for advice. They did a really good job of outlining some of the reasons uh, that led them to feeling uncomfortable and not really loving their job. So I figured what I'd do is read that message to you all and then pretty much just talk about it a little bit. So here it is. I got my dream job and I hate it. I recently became very quote-unquote successful in the past few months. I make well over $100,000 a year in tech, but I've never been so unhappy. My job is incredibly stressful. I have no time to focus on my hobbies that do make me happy. I work 10 to 12 hour days, and I'm constantly filled with anxiety that something at work might go wrong and I'll lose the company a ton of money and get fired. I've never been an anxious person until starting this job. Should I quit? That's a really hard place to be at. You may be there in your career right now, just like this person is, or you may have already gone through this cycle in your own career and found ways to, to handle it and deal with it emotionally. If that's your situation, I would love to hear from you and what kind of ways uh, you were able to work through this. For me, I was here early in my career, and then believe it or not, I've actually dipped back into this mindset a few times as I've gotten promotions and new job responsibilities. So there's a lot to unpack here, but I think ultimately it really boils down to uh, three different situations, and then I'll answer the, the ultimate question here, which is, should I quit? First off, let's talk about what it means to be successful. This person is clearly using income as their measure of success, as opposed to uh, quality of life or the job title that they have. They talk about right out of the gate about their $100,000 a year job. And I think that six-figure job really is kind of the thing most people are looking at in order to judge whether or not they're successful. On average, most people in America make $36,000 a year. So a $100,000 a year job is what over twice as much as the average American makes. So if I'm looking at that from the outside objectively, a $100,000 a year job may come with it some level of expectations on how well I should perform. If I'm getting paid double the amount of uh, the average American, then 
I should really be really darn good at what I do, and maybe I'm not going to cut myself any slack. Now, this could be a personality type thing, except for the fact that I've seen it so frequently in my career, especially from people who are new to the industry. Maybe that could be uh, a side effect of going to school too, kind of constantly pursuing the, uh, the A's in your classes. And if you were to let the, your foot up off the gas pedal a little bit and then sink down to a B, that would be perceived as a failure. And so coming out of college, getting your $100,000 a year job, and sometimes maybe even making more than your parents did, you probably feel some level of pressure to maintain a high standard of performance. So we're putting pressure on ourselves to get those straight A's to be able to graduate. And we put pressure on ourselves to interview extremely well and not make any mistakes on the interview process, to have our resumes perfectly in order. And then once we actually do get the job, the realization hits us that, oh my gosh, I'm getting paid $100,000 a year to write software. Then comes the sense of responsibility and obligation of, well, I can't mess this up. I've put so much effort into getting here and now I'm here. Oh man, like, That's when the realization would hit people is it's done, quote unquote, it's done, right? Like they did it, they got their dream job. So I think I want to empathize a little bit with somebody who's coming into the industry uh, with all of this stuff that they have built up and they've, they've summited the mountain and now what? Sustain that level of performance maybe? Like I doubt it. We can't continually push the envelope and overperform for the rest of our lives. We're going to mess up. We're going to have to relax. We're going to have to take vacations. That's just part of life. And so I think there's some maybe some self-pressure here this person is, is putting on themselves that perhaps they uh, should cut themselves some slack. Now, that's easier said than done. And that takes me to point number two. I overwork because I'm trying to maintain a high standard of performance. So it sounds like this person has psyched themselves up for the job, they got it, and now they're overworking in order to maintain that inhuman standard of performance because they're afraid that if they were to kind of relax and settle in, that the work they're doing wouldn't justify the super high income that they are have finally achieved in their life. Now I know how this sounds up to this point, right? It sounds like I'm putting a whole lot of blame on this person. And While they are a victim in many respects, uh, there is also some level of personal responsibility that we all have for managing our emotions and our own mindset. Coming into a tech job, the mountain of work, and I've talked about this before, the mountain of work, the pile should always be bigger than what I can actually accomplish. Because if there's less work, then there are people to do the work, then we're going to run out of work and the team needs to downsize. So it's a very, very good thing for there to be so much work that no matter how many hours I put in, it's never going to get fully accomplished or achieved. So the big question I have here is they say they're working 10 to 12 hour days. Why? Is there a boss somewhere that says you must hit these inhuman milestones? And there may be, right? Like they don't actually tell me in this initial message where the pressure is coming from. I've just been around the block and in this industry for 16 years, and what I see is a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves in order to hit these milestones, and once you've established a pattern of working 10 to 12 hour days, because that's what you feel is necessary to produce a certain amount of output, what you don't want is for your consistent output to drop. But by then, you've already established this pattern of, it takes me 10 to 12 hours to produce X output, and so 
usually as a, a manager and a leader in a company, my job is to keep an eye on this so that people don't burn themselves out. Because 10 to 12 hour days will eventually lead to burnout. That's what this person's experiencing for sure. And a good manager is going to do things to help their team understand like, hey, take, a, take some time off, take vacation. You don't have to work 10 to 12 hour days. Uh, we want you here enjoying your job for a very long time. We don't want to bring you in, just grind you into the ground. And after a year and a half, you quit because you're so frustrated and tired of overwork uh, that you go find somewhere else with a better quality of life or work-life balance. So that's something a good manager should keep their eyes on. And it sounds like this person's manager is either the cause of the issue or they're maybe not a good manager, not keeping an eye on this, uh, because this is the kind of conversation I would hope this person would actually have with their boss. So my point here is really, we've got to dig in a little bit more here to find out where the source of the anxiety is coming from. Is this person putting pressure on themselves and working, overworking in order to justify their income? Or is their boss a total jerk and making the team perform a death march towards some arbitrary date to release a product to a customer? We don't know. We'd have to dig into that a little bit more with this person. And that brings me to the third point, which I think really fills in this whole picture for me and is the reason why I'm thinking it's self-pressure. They say, I'm constantly filled with anxiety that something at work might go wrong and I'll lose the company a ton of money and get fired. Therefore, when things may go wrong, it's my fault. We're going to lose money. But you know what? Losing money at the end of the day is not the end of the world. Just about everything we do in business costs money. And... Uh, I think in today's society, there's probably an overemphasis put on the amount of money we should be making, the economy in general, valuing money and things over the lives of other people. And I hear some of that coming through the way this person talks about their job. But we're not surgeons. We're not building uh, transportation devices where if this thing fails, people are going to lose their lives. Oftentimes, we just build software that pipes data from location A to location B or visualizes it in some form, and that's it. That's the end of the story. No one dies if we fail. We just cause the company to lose money, and that's fine. You know, like you can never mitigate every single risk. You can never account for every single possible bug or failure. You can attempt to hedge your bets and try and build good quality software that isn't going to have a bug in it. But it's inevitable through the course of your life that you're going to write software that does the wrong thing every once in a while. And that's okay. That may actually be exactly what this person needs to hear, that it's okay to make a bug every once in a while. It's not the end of the world. In fact, that's exactly what I was told at my first job when I was freaking out over a software release that we were producing. We uh, were in... UAT, user acceptance test. That's like just before you go to production, you have a bunch of people testing your software. And we found a bug and it was freaking out. It's like, we're going to miss our deadline. Like, oh my gosh, we got to work hard. We got to fix this thing. Cause if we miss our deadline, we're going to cost the company money. And someone pulled me aside and said, Grant, like, dude, chill out, man. Like, so we're going to have a delay. That's fine. We're, no one's going to lose their life over this. So no one else is losing their life. And honestly, it's not worth my health to worry so much over the software that we're producing. And that message has really stuck with me ever since I was first told it. This other individual was, you know, a veteran 
software developer. They'd been around the block for 30 years. And so they'd seen so many things in their life that they had a really good perspective that they could lend to a young person like myself just now entering the industry and trying to figure things out. I don't know how to actually get somebody else to chill out. That's not my job. I can't control how other people react. But what I can say is it is okay. From my experience, bugs are not the end of the world. And so it's on us. If we take these three things into consideration, feeling responsibility about our job because of our income, overworking to maintain this high standard of performance, and then worrying that things might go wrong and it'll be my fault. Some of these things we can control and having that perspective of if things go wrong, it's okay. We'll fix it and we'll move on is one way that we can manage this anxiety, recognizing that there's always going to be more work than we can do. And so we just need to pick the most important things and work on those each day is another way we can manage this anxiety. And then just cutting ourselves some slack just because we get paid a whole lot of money in this field of work doesn't mean that we can't ever slip up and make mistakes. So my advice here is this, take a deep breath, schedule some vacation time, and then establish your working hours for yourself. It will give you a chance to recharge and recover, come back into the office, and then be guard your work hours viciously. If you are working from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., then try to tune out outside of those hours. If you have a job, perhaps you're a DevOps engineer and not just a you know software developer who doesn't support their software as well. If you are on call 24-7 or your systems never have downtime and you've always got to kind of halfway keep an eye on them, then there are other ways to manage that as well. A strict 8 to 5 job may not be the right approach for you because if you're working 8 to 5 and you're watching your software after hours, you're literally never stopping work. So you need to build into your day the fact that it's okay for you to step away and maybe go work out, take your dog for a walk, go have lunch, tune out, stop um, watching Slack or whatever messaging system you've got, like a hawk. There are ways that you can manage these things and uh, make sure that you're not putting so much pressure on yourself that you can't find and enjoy other hobbies outside of work. Being in a constantly connected world is good and bad but we can still take time to step away. Uh, for me, when I've been in the middle of the day, I've had some obligation that I need to go attend to. What I do is just tell people, hey, I'm gonna be unavailable between one and 3 p.m. Then I turn off my messages, make sure I've had somebody else who's covering for me, and then I just go do the thing that I wanted to do, and I tune out work and go you know, manage my stress at some exercise thing or, or whatever it is that I needed to do. But my point is, if you're in this 24-7 world of work, then you've got to build and find ways that you can get yourself recharged. Because otherwise, you're going to end up hating your dream job just like this person did. And for most of these things, what I'm seeing here is, this is probably a manageable situation. And it would be a shame for them to give up on their dream job but just because they couldn't get the perspective that it's okay to fail and find the guardrails necessary for them to produce software without crushing themselves with their own expectations. And I'll go ahead and say it again. Uh, I said it earlier, but I'll leave room here just in case their manager really, really sucks because reading through this, I think they also have a crappy manager. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're a manager, you actually do have a very high responsibility to keep an eye on your people and make sure they're not burning out like this person is. 
But if you're not a manager, you're a teammate or an architect or a leader on a team, it doesn't matter. If you work with other people, you can still help them out and give them the okay to step away just by noticing their state of mind. It's sometimes really hard to see where we're at when we're the person going through the difficult time, but an outside perspective or someone watching us may be able to notice very quickly. It's like, hey, Grant, you look like you're stressed. Is everything okay? Is there something I can do to help? And so we all have a responsibility, I think, to watch out for one another on our teams. And uh, that's what makes it a wonderful place to work, right? It's on us. There's the, the company culture aspect of it and then the boss and the amount of work that we've got. But some of that can be mitigated just by being a kind individual to the people who work on your team. So that brings us to the final question. Should this person quit? And my answer is no. This person should take a vacation and then establish some working boundaries for themselves that they can uh, consistently follow without burning out. It's easier said than done, but once this person learns that skill, they are going to benefit from it for the rest of their life, not just at work, but in their personal life as well. So to this person, I wish you luck. Thank you so much for asking my opinion, and I hope that I didn't come off too hard on you. Control what you can, because there is a lot here that is in your control. It's all of the things that you can't control that you can make your career decisions based off of. That would be something like what company you want to work for, or whether you like working for your current manager or would like a different manager. So I hope this helped, and thank you all for listening. Please don't be a stranger. Send me a message at hello at grantdryden.com if you've got a question. Tweet me at Tweets of Grant, and please connect with me on LinkedIn. I post things every once in a while, and uh, hopefully you all are getting value out of those things. So far, the feedback that I've gotten has been positive, but I'm always looking to introduce new topics and talk about more things that you're interested in. So thanks for listening. I'll see you again next time. Oh, my God.